The Boundless Pursuit Podcast is proudly sponsored by Built Wild DNA. Fuel your day on the water in a constructive and healthy way. Energy and fitness supplements designed with the outdoorsman in mind. Get your physicality in line with your mentality and maximize your time on the water. Use promo code BOUNDLESSPURSUIT for 10% off of your next order at BuiltWildDNA.com. Welcome to Boundless Pursuit, a weekly podcast providing motivation, entertainment, and education to anglers and outdoorsmen. I hope that the stories you'll find here will encourage you to chase your passion more fervently, to open your mind to new opportunities and perspectives. Your engagement and feedback is critical to the growth of this show, and I would love to hear your suggestions on topics or potential guests. You can reach me at boundlesspursuitfishing at gmail.com or at my website, www.boundless-pursuit.com. That's where you'll find all related articles, media, and merchandise. Please remember, the show will gain traction from your support. Be sure to like, comment, and share this podcast to your friends and connections. I'm your host, David Graham. Now let's get on to today's episode. We've got an interesting topic today, a more modern topic with regards to fishing, and that is the topic of YouTube, YouTube fishing, YouTube fishermen, just documenting the experience of fishing using YouTube. And fishing YouTube channels have taken the fishing industry by storm. And while it may not be everybody's interest or specialty, it has become a part of our fishing culture. And like everything else, if it's used properly, it can be a great tool. And YouTube has brought untold numbers of young anglers into the sport because it's a great source of information, of education, and perhaps most importantly, entertainment. So say what you will about YouTube, documenting the experience via video affords people the opportunity to relive experiences, to showcase talents, information, tips, and techniques. And it gives us the ability to share those things with our friends, our family, or strangers from around the world. But sometimes, though, it's not easy to make an impact, and it's hard to grow a successful channel. Today's guest, though, found rapid success on YouTube with the Dead Crab Fishing Channel. In less than 12 months, Carl, the creator of the channel, amassed a following of nearly 200,000 subscribers. And by the time that you're hearing this, it could be much, much higher. Due in part to unplanned viral popularity and another part planned growth strategies, the Dead Crab Fishing Channel has seen rapid success. And because of that, I reached out to Dead Crab to pick his brains on some growth strategies that aspiring content creators might be able to use in the growth of their own channels to gain traction and to find quicker success. Very cool conversation, great insight into the world of documenting our fishing experiences with video and with YouTube. This is my buddy Carl of the Dead Crab Fishing Channel. I think that's that's what all podcasts do, you know. They just start recording yeah. and we just ease into it. I know we we got a we got a lot of the good stuff before we hit uh before I hit record. So we'll we'll try to circle back and get into the real meat and potatoes of this thing, but all right, Carl. Um good to actually talk to you. Um this is going to be a fun one. This is one I'm really excited about because I feel like I'm going to be learning a lot today. And uh hopefully I'll ask the right questions. Anything that you feel like um 
the audience would want to know about this particular topic, just divulge. But you run the Dead Crab YouTube channel, which has just like exploded. And I think I first saw you on some post from Rob Chapman. So shout out to Rob. He's like, I don't know, man, that guy should be in like social media, uh, like talent like talent acquisition if there was such a thing like he right yeah he's he's the guy he's a guy he, that knows he, everybody so he knows how to find it and i gotta get him on here too but uh i was, I I was just about to say that yeah i i saw some post of his i think he was hanging out with you i'm like who's this guy like i just went you know went went clicking uh but what what really took me by surprise was the the rapid growth of your youtube channel and i'm like that's interesting because there's a lot of people out there. Like that's just that's the world we live in right now. It's something I'm interested in. It's something a lot of up and comers are interested in. Is the growth of like a YouTube channel. It's an interesting topic. But you're kind of a guy that's like a proof of concept, like a proof of you know what what can be done if you have certain strategies, certain maybe it's certain luck. I don't know. It's new to me. It's deeply fascinating to me. But there's a lot of people that are wanting to get into this. So I want to talk to you kind of about um, your YouTube channel before anything. <clears throat> so just kind of explain like what your YouTube channel is. I don't know, man, like just what you do. I don't know if you have like a niche or a certain thing you like doing, but just tell me about your YouTube channel. It's less than a year old, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's nine months old as of now. So, um, you know, to answer what I do on my YouTube channel. I mean, I'm still figuring it out. You know, yeah. I'm still finding my voice, so to speak. And I've, you know, I've, I'd never made a YouTube video before I, you know, started this one. So it was kind of just experiment and see what happens and mixed with a lot of kind of research. And yeah. Um, but basically, yeah, I just, as of now, my YouTube channel has been pretty much just fishing videos like you'd see on any other YouTube fishing channel. It's just, you know, a guy catching fish with a yeah. couple of GoPros going or a GoPro strapped to my head or whatever. Um, I think as I've kind of progressed, what I've realized is, you know, I want to do something different. And the thing I've really found out that, uh, that I, that I want to do most is like tell a story. So I think moving forward, um, my next video I'm shooting is actually going to be kind of one of these new style videos, um, that I'm doing actually coming up this weekend. So, um, it's everything's shifting, you know? Yeah. So, so like when you started the YouTube channel, did you, was this just something like, oh man, I, I'm going to take a couple of fun videos that my grandma can watch you know they want to see what i'm doing or or is it like i want to start a youtube channel and like here's my my the big picture plan or was it really just like i mean shit this crazy stuff keeps happening to me while i'm fishing and i need to be i need to be filming this stuff like what was i don't know like what i think i feel like somebody some people have a motivation like a specific goal in mind and other people just i don't know hit the record button and whatever happens come what may like what yeah, I think me, like probably most people for, you know, most people that fish, they catch these crazy fish and they're like, man, I wish the cameras were rolling or I wish I had a GoPro going or whatever. And I've had those thoughts for years. I think me and you are the same age. So um, I've, you know, 
I think everyone's kind of thought that thing, but when it kind of came to fruit, it was last summer um, in Wisconsin where I am now. And I come here every summer to, to work. So um, I kind of work like crazy, work a lot of overtime and get out of here with a, enough money to go back to North Carolina and pretty much fish as long as possible with some other trips, you know, in between and stuff like yeah. that. So that's where the idea came. I was like, you know what, this is, if I'm going to do a YouTube, I should just spend a little bit of money. I bought two GoPros and I bought a drone and I bought a new computer. I, it was a lot of money actually by my standards or most people's standards, but yeah. um, it was the time to do it. So, and then, Right after that summer of working, I'm up here for three months, um, June to the end of August. I pretty much went straight to the coast in North Carolina and had a couple of family. I had like a family reunion and some other family come out to do a, a beach week there. You know, we rent a beach house and um, all that. Man, I take it as an excuse to just fish 14 hours a day until my yeah. legs feel like they're falling off. But then, and then that was like the crash course, um, was that first trip. And yeah, I didn't, at that point, I didn't have a crazy plan other than I'm going to, I'm going to catch a shark and, you know, <laughs> I'm going to drop some baits for sharks and put these cameras on that. I hardly even know how to use, yeah. <laughs> um, and I really didn't know how to use it. We'll get, get into more of that, but, um, it kind of just, I filmed a bunch of stuff. Some of it was good. Some of it was really bad. Some of the times I didn't even hit record. Um, and then I, I think about a month later uploaded my first video on YouTube. Um, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much the origin story. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So how about the very name dead crab? Because where does that come from? Is, <laughs> okay, is there yeah, a get... meaning behind the name or you were just like, what's a good name? And you look down and saw a carcass, uh, uh, dead crab. Right. Like, <laughs> uh, the, the name came, um, it's, it's, it's a pretty funny story, but good story. Nonetheless, actually the year, I think two years before. So 2020 during the pandemic, uh, me and my girlfriend decided, like I think a lot of people did, that we wanted to uh, travel the country. You know, we we neither of our family is in North Carolina, which is where we live. So, so my my family's up north in in Wisconsin. Her family's in Texas. We just kind of wanted to have an adventure, and also, you know, weren't 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 about to get on a plane during all that madness and yeah. uh so we actually got a small camper like a teardrop size camper and we like traveled the country um for like almost a year um and it's funny because neither of us had social media when we did that and yeah it was like i call it like the greatest fishing trip like never recorded because i got to go to all these cool places and we went all the way up north we went all the way down the southeast we went all the way through Florida, which I'd never, I guess I, when I was real little, I went to Disney world, but I don't remember it at all. So it was kind of my first time in Florida. We drove all the way down to, to Key West and then all through, you know, the, the Southwest States. And we actually, um, went into Baja, Mexico, and we drove the entire Baja Peninsula 
all the way down the Sea of Cortez side uh, to Cabo and all the way back, you know, 2,500 miles of Mexican highway. And I was fishing along the way, you know, I had rods with me and um, I wasn't, you know, I had my girlfriend with me as well. So it wasn't just a fishing trip, but I did plenty of awesome fishing and just didn't really document any of it. Um, but sorry to ramble on on that, but the, the dead crab thing, we were in Texas, um, around Christmas time and that's where her, her, uh, her parents are from. And I was just kind of, I just got on YouTube and I was like, I gotta, I want to go fishing here, but I don't know anything about it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I know there's alligator gar. We're, we're kind of in the Austin area, but I know that there, you know, it's not really a wintertime fish. I guess you can catch them, but it's, it's surely not like springtime when everyone's just going nuts on them. So I've, I found a YouTube channel that was these guys catching these monster black drum um, in the like kind of Port Aransas area. Okay. And they were all, it's all these Mexican guys and they were all on this pier. Um, and they, they had like a whole culture down there. It, it was amazing. They're all using these Avid reels, these $600 reels, custom wrap rods. And like, they would all be like color coordinated. So like they'd have the purple reel and then they'd have like a custom rod with like, you know, matching purple, but also like a, an orange accent. And then like the braid they were using was the color of this accent and everything. And they were just yeah. catching these monster, you know, big uglies, they call them. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, I know where this pier is. It's about three and a half hours away. I'm just going to drive down there. So I drove down, um, walked on the pier and walked through the pier house, you know, pay a little feet fee of uh, fish on the pier. And, um, they said they got a tournament going on and do I want to enter? And I was like, ah, I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't want to enter a tournament. They're like, it's only 10 bucks. You know, if you win, do you win this? I think it was like a pen rod and reel combo or something. So I said, all right. And honestly, I, I didn't, I'd never, caught a black drum other than something maybe this big in the surf that still had its stripes on it. And, yeah, you know, I was probably way younger in North Carolina. I know we used to catch them and think they were sheep's head. And, uh, but so I walk onto this pier and they got this, this, uh, this little tournament going on, you know, I'm the only, uh, I'm the only gringo on the pier. So I'm getting like a little weird looks like who the hell is this guy? <laughs> Again, they all got their Avit combos, just beautiful rods and reels. I got like a pen pursuit, like a $40 reel on like yeah. a, a surf rod. Cause that's what I had with me. And I just saw what they were doing. Um, I knew that crab was good bait. So I had brought some crabs with me. Uh, I actually, I brought up, bought them at the Asian grocery store in Austin they're actually so, so cheap. I think it was like five bucks for a dozen. So I had a, this bag of blue crabs live. Um, and I guess sometimes it's really hard for them to find them down there. So they were all using mantis shrimp, um, like a sea lice, they call them. Yeah. I guess that's the same thing. And just drum rigs and everything. But I, I didn't even know what I was doing. I just saw what they were doing. I tied a rig that looked like what they were using. I went into the, into the pier house and bought one of those spider weights with a big um you know metal bendy arms on it which yeah. at that point 
I just fish in North Carolina and the surf, I'd never seen anything like that. I seen like the Sputnik weights or whatever that'll collapse, but I never seen those. And I just hooked up a piece of crab threw it into this current and like in no time I hooked this monster. I think it was 38 or 39 inch um, black drum. And like, when you think of like a 40 inch black drum, it, it does not compare to a 40 inch redfish because it's so tall. Yeah. Like it's a 30 plus pound fish. And right there, I was like in first place in yeah. this, uh, <laughs> in this little tournament they had going on on the pier. And I think these guys were like, what the fuck? But eventually they opened up and we were just talking trash. And it was one of the best fishing nights of my life. I caught so many fish. Like I think I caught eight or nine just that first night all in that same kind of size. And the, the, the tournament was a month long thing. So, uh, I didn't end up winning anything, you know, someone knocked me out. I was only there for that day, but I did the weigh in with my fish. The guy comes out from the pier house. He takes a picture of you. And if you place, he puts you up on a board on the inside. So I was placed for a while. Um, and he just hollered back to me. He's like, what did you use for bait? And I was like, blue crab. So after that awesome night of fishing, Kester and all those, those awesome big uglies, I call them. I, I went back into the, into the pier house and like, there's this picture of me holding this incredible fish, at least for my standards. And it says Carl. And then it's a dead crab on the bottom. And I was like, man, I was like, I got to have this picture, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I think he, he, he maybe paid him a dollar to take the picture, but I still have it. And then <laughs> amazing for some reason that was the name I, I went with when I was trying to think things up. I was like, I don't know. This kind of sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. I mean, it's like, it's weird. It's almost like a, it's nice when the names are like short enough that it almost sounds like a brand. Yeah. Like the crab, like logo. It's very like recognizable. You know yeah. What I mean? So I was thinking about some stuff like that as well. Like I didn't yeah. want it to just be something. I didn't want it to just be my name or, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, yeah. something, something fishing or, um, I thought that was, you know, I don't know. Sounded cool at the time. I, th- I guess right. it is. <laughs> I guess it, it works. It works. You can make it work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, what's crazy about yours is like, you know, there's obviously no shortage of people out there with a YouTube channel. I could have picked anybody that has a YouTube. I know, I know countless people with YouTube accounts, but I don't know a lot of people who've had success in YouTube. It's like, you know, it's one of them things. It's like people that will plug away at it for years and like struggle. And like, like, it seems like they're doing all the right things. And maybe to the point of exhaustion, maybe to the point of, I don't know, like losing themselves (laughs) and it just ain't growing. It is. They ain't getting what they want out of it. Yeah. Yours at some point. And we haven't even mentioned how many followers you have. It's like 180,000, almost 200,000 followers, isn't it? At this point. Yep. And in a nine month span, that's it's amazing. At least I I think it is. I don't know much about YouTube, but it's like (laughs) that. That's got to be abnormal. So was there for, like a, for a fishing channel for sure uh, for sure? Well, yeah. was there like was there like a breakthrough video? I mean, was there like a straw that you know broke the camel's back? Like what opened the floodgates? Was there like one viral video? I mean, I've watched a lot of your stuff, but I'm wondering like at what point did it 
Like, where did the explosion take place? Yeah. So there was the first video I had go viral was kind of what blew the doors off. And as of now, it almost has, I think, 50 million views. Um, and it's it's there's a whole story behind that, too, if you want to hear it. And, uh, you know, it it was I actually almost didn't post the video, but it was right around the time where. I had done, I think I'd done one or two full length videos and a handful of shorts. And I was enjoying kind of the process of editing the videos and learning how to edit. And hmm. like we said earlier, when we we're off camera, I, I've just always been kind of an artist on the side. And it was kind of fulfilling that, um, you know, creative thing uh you know i'm a creative dude and if, if i'm just kind of working all, all the time and i don't take the time to just yeah. do something creative it starts driving me crazy so what i realized is like that was kind of you know scratching that itch um so it was around that time that i started doing a lot of research into more of the technical stuff of youtube um and so i was doing a lot of shorts and so what i'd what i'd really kind of popped out in my research was that people were using shorts, which is still a, a relatively new thing. It's like, uh, I think two years, they've only been around two years, um, the shorts and it's still, you know, they came out to compete with TikTok and reels yeah. and stuff like that, but it's still like changing and it still has an almost beta, uh, vibe to it, um, to where, you know, I don't know. Some people think they could go away or, you know, there's all, all the, all different schools of thought on it. But what I, what I, the biggest thing that I, that I learned from my like initial research that is that people are using these shorts to get crazy amounts of followers. Um, if they did it right. Um, and the, the, the thing I focused in on was the titles um, and I say titles, they're, they're actually, if you, if you post it on YouTube, they say like your title is just the text that's on the bottom, you know, that reads on the bottom of a short yeah. video and they call it, YouTube calls it a caption, which is actually like the best way I try to tell people, look at it, like, look at it, like it's a caption contest. Um, maybe everyone doesn't know exactly what a caption contest is, but it's something that used to be in a lot of like newspapers and magazines and it would just be like one square of a cartoon and everyone tries to write the funniest or yeah <laughs> craziest or most engaging thing on the bottom it's no different like with a youtube video um and this is again we're just talking about shorts strictly shorts here so i, I another good example or way i like to put it is you could have a video of I don't know. You could have a video of a leaf sitting on the ground and that was the whole thing, but you could come up with something so clever to write on that thing that that video blows up and gets a million views. But at the same time, I'm sure you've seen it or maybe a lot of the listeners have seen stuff like this. You guys have channels and they have amazing stuff, especially in the outdoor world, like something they've captured, like a, a shark breaching the top of the water and, grabbing a you know pelican or something like that yeah and it's got a couple thousand you know and it's really literally that uh that caption or title 
can just make or break a video. So I started experimenting with that hard and I was seeing a lot of success. Um, and then, so my first viral video, which is the one we were just talking about that has almost 50 million, it was a video of me. So this was on that same kind of first trip, uh, after Wisconsin, after I've saved up and worked for the summer, um, I think end of September, this was on uh, Topsail Island in North Carolina. But I had hooked this, still my biggest shark to, to today. It was an 11-foot tiger. And I had hooked it on a, my first shark reel, which I've learned on, but I'm no longer using um, mm-hmm. because I've learned my lesson. I didn't, I didn't kill a shark or anything like mm-hmm. that. But it was a pen squall, two speed, 50 wide. And I think it puts out 45 pounds of drag at, at full. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, this thing was maxed out and it was not stopping this shark, you know, at all. I was just basically harnessed in just holding this thing and he was going to go. And I, and I was like, I was so worried. I was like, man, I cheaped out on this reel. It's, it's yeah. going to spool me this line, the holocore braid on there. It cost me $600. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, however, many thousand yards of, uh, of line on there. And, and then, or also, you know, I'm not going to be able to get this fish in. I'm going to wear it out. I'm, you know, you don't want to kill a fish, um, or a, a big shark at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had basically, everyone on the beach helping me. I had six people helping me kind of, and that, that, so the fight was prolonged as well. The fight was an hour and 10 minutes. I'm not a huge guy, um, at all. I'm the skinny guy, but I, you know, I have a, when it comes to like fighting a fish, like many people, I don't know. I just like my spirit just locks in and I'll just, I'll die. We'll both die. You know, we'll both fight ourselves to death. (laughs) But anyways, yeah, I, I, I basically couldn't stop this fish. I had my girlfriend run out in my truck, get some deer skin gloves. I had them on. I was clamping the line to try to just add drag as it was coming off the reel, you know, and after a while, my legs were given out. So I had, you know, some of my girlfriend's family, it was a, a family reunion for her, her side of the family. They were out there. I had people hoisting me back up when I would go down with these big bends and like a guy in front pushing back on the reel and all this stuff. And I, I thought at the time I was making the coolest, most amazing YouTube video ever. Yeah. I had a, I had a, a GoPro, a like, a brand new GoPro 10 at the time was the latest one. I had one on my head. I had one in a surf spike on a little handheld that whoever there could record with. We had a drone up in the air, all this stuff. And by the time this, you know, the shark comes in and I release it and everything fish of a lifetime, still my biggest fish. Um, I like look back at the footage the GoPro on my head is just pointing down. Yeah. All you see is the reel and it's just the reel and me like breathing heavily and grunting and cursing for like an hour. Yeah. And then the other camera, like whoever had it was, it was never pointed at the right thing. It wasn't recorded when the shark came in, there was no footage. And then the drone that was up the whole time, I thought 
we had footage of this shark coming in. We had footage of the release. The drone followed it back out and then didn't hit record on the drone either. So oh, nothing no. <laughs> there. Oh, so basically, man. and I was, it killed me. It, it frustrated me so much just looking back at that footage. Cause like I said, I was like, I just made the coolest shark video ever. And yeah. <laughs> that goes to show you like, that's just the kind of crash course I was on. Like, you know, I didn't know that I should have, you know, checked the adjustment on my camera or whatever. I just didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. So I, for a while, didn't want to put any of this footage out because it was so, so heartbreaking. But what I did have was one good vertical video that my girlfriend actually shot of just the spectacle of all these people on the beach, like helping me up and pushing me back and everything like that. And, you know, yelling and grunting and all this stuff. So eventually I, I was like, I'm going to release this as a short. And I just had a, just, I basically released it because I had a good idea for the title. And like I said, a second ago, I was, you know, I had done some research into how those titles can really affect something. So yeah, it was, you know, I think the title is when it takes six people to catch one fish. And then like an emoji of a like brain exploding or whatever. I don't know if you know that emoji. It's like, yeah, (laughs) mind blown or whatever. And eventually that thing just started, like started taking off and going crazy. And it, yeah, like as of now, it's still getting hundreds of thousands of views every day. Um, I've since had like many, many other videos go, go viral as well. Yeah. Um, but that, that's the one that kind of, kind of started it all. And it's just so funny because it's like, I almost didn't post it. Um, and I'm, I'm glad I did. Yeah. And Well, I saw that video. I actually, it's funny. Cause I, when I, you know, went back after finding you on, you know, when I just found your page through like, uh, like Rob stuff. And I found your YouTube channel and then I saw that video. I had seen the video before when it was making its rounds. Yeah. You know, it's, it's good that it like is short enough to where you see that. And it's like, okay, this seems a little, you know, dramatic. This is like a lot of people. So it like, yeah. it leaves enough to the imagination that you want to see more. Yeah. I mean, so it's, like- it's, it's one of those videos that it just spikes a reaction from yeah. people. There's so many, I don't know how many. Well, you th- want to see what comes next. Yeah. 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 So that's the things like, you know, there's a lot of people who are like, show the fucking fish. You know, they're the mad. You don't see it. And like, I don't have footage of that fish. You know, this yeah. is the best footage I have. <laughs> eventually um, my girlfriend's dad did take a video on his iPhone and I eventually got that footage and I've, I've since released some of that, but yeah just the the response from people um and you know there's tens of that i don't even know but there's hundreds of thousands of likes on it you know there's probably about a almost a million likes so it's not people it's not like people just hate the video and that's why no 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 well i didn't want it to make it sound like i was hating on it no 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 i i i totally get it you know so there's there's been so many crazy responses to that and so many funny responses you know, the one that you get a lot is like, show the fish, you know, people are just pissed and people are like, I, you wasted my time. And I'm like, it's the video's nine seconds. Like, what, yeah. what are you doing here? But then also so many people, there's so many funny comments in there. And like I said, there's like 
tens of thousands of comments. I haven't read them all, but I've gone through them and I've really enjoyed the comment section. There's been so many funny ones. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, when it first started, there were hundreds of comments of people saying he's, he hooked the Russian sub because, you know, this is kind of like when that was going on in the news, that was a oh, hot yeah. thing. <laughs> he's got the Russian sub. He's got the Russian sub. And this thing has gone viral for so long and it still is going viral that it went from the Russian sub to he hooked the Chinese spy balloon that got shot down to <laughs> just last week. There's a ton of comments about me hooking into that Titanic sub thing. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, people are just brutal in the uh, comments yeah. section. When, uh, well, that, that is actually a topic that I want to get to, and I don't want to jump quite to that, but I know it's like, a, it's a good one. Uh, cause it's just, it's the internet. It's the world we live in. And when something gets big enough, you're going to get the full like gamut of responses. Some of them are going to be encouraging. Some of them are going to be hilarious. And some of them are going to be like straight, like venom. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, we've all dealt with that. And I think it's a good topic to talk about, like in dealing with that, like how, do, how do you deal with, you know, it's almost like not a good thing to go to the comment section sometimes. I've had one video go viral, and it wasn't fishing related. I had a video mm. of me fighting with my dogs over a Christmas tree. It was so <laughs> viral that we were on, like, Good Morning America. Oh, me wow. Me and my wife. Like, like well, I think that's the name of the show. Anyway, like, Carson Daly and Al Roker called us. We're, like, talking to them and stuff oh, like this. Wow. It's crazy. Was this on Facebook or something? It was on Facebook. Yeah. It yeah. got, like, 40 million views in, like, three wow. days. And, um... And, you know, it's a very wholesome video. It's me playing yeah. with my dogs. Like, what is there to be upset about? But, you know, I went to the comment section. Maybe I shouldn't have. Yeah. I guess, you know, you find, like, people will find a reason to be hateful and to be oh, nasty. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, like, this is, it's very easy to get pulled into it and have a bad day. And maybe we'll get yeah. into that. I do. I think that's an important topic to get into uh, because it's, you know. Something well, is I mean, big enough, you're going to get a little bit of a dose of hate, but we don't want to go that route quite yet. Um, I've definitely seen that video. Uh, but I want to talk just about growth of a YouTube channel in general. I know you're sort of exploded onto the scene, but at the same time, you understand that there's strategy behind it. Other people do not. Myself, even myself, I don't really understand. But uh, I know that I guess we'll jump into this. It's kind of like it, there's a lot of controversy in YouTube. It's sort of like you have to you have to walk a very fine line, it seems, between, you know, uh, where it doesn't get like ridiculous. It's like you want it to grow and you have to do certain things to 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 pull the audience in. Yeah. And I know one of the, like the main strategies and I want to get your ideas on it is like is the icon. I know a lot of people like to use the term clickbait, clickbait. Thumbnail, like very, thumbnail, right? Yeah. Yeah. Though the very yeah. term, it just has like a negative connotation behind it. Yep. But it's almost like, you know, you're making your like two second, millisecond sales pitch to somebody, like as they're scrolling to 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 capture their attention. So just give me your, I guess, I don't know, your what is your opinion on like the value of creating like what's the like what is the importance of creating the thumbnail like what what elements does it need to have to, okay so to garner somebody's attention without being misleading i think gotcha. that's the, the key thing it's gonna be hard for me to just say like what should be in the thumbnail um yeah. i can maybe make some generalizations but i think more importantly i just want to stress like the importance of the thumbnail and that's 
there's like this whole list of things that I don't know if we were talking about this on or off camera, but you're saying some people do, you know, they work on YouTube channels for decades and they never really get, Mm -hmm. you know, the traction they're hoping for. It's, it's on a list of many of those things. It's like you put so much time and effort into the videos and you buy the cameras and everything, but then you don't, do the research or you don't, you know, find, find someone who can do Photoshop and pay them a little money to do your thumbnails or anything like that. You know, you kind of just stop there and it's, it's a heartbreaker for me because I know just how much work it is to try to do one of these channels. It's so, so much work. I mean, it's harder than I've ever worked on anything in my life and I've only ever done like manual labor jobs, you know? And people get really passionate about it, whether you have success or not. And people will, you know, they'll edit till four in the morning to get these videos out, but then overlook some of the like technical research stuff, but not to to go off on a tangent there, but thumbnails, um, your thumbnail and your title go hand in hand. And they are basically what that's your, your first kind of um, lifeline to an audience, basically. And very important. I would say your thumbnail and title for a full-length video, and we'll talk about full-lengths and shorts. I don't want to confuse everybody. Um, Full-lengths and shorts are almost like a different platform. You know what I mean? It's almost like TikTok and YouTube or something like that. It's a different audience. Um, They're and and completely different strategies but so the thumbnails for um like i just said the thumbnails for the full length videos super important it's really half of the battle um and you mentioned clickbaity type stuff um that stuff can work but actually so youtube is constantly changing and they'll add, the algorithm is constantly changing so it used to be Um, And I think this last change came about only about five or so years ago. Um, But it used to be that you could, and you've seen it, everyone's seen it. You could have just the most clickbait thumbnail ever and you'd get a hundred million views. You know what I mean? But the video could just be total crap or even, even worse. We've all been fallen victim to it. You click on it and the video is like, not what you thought it was, or it's like, you know, whatever UFO stuff or like crazy sea creatures found and you just click on it and it's just some total, you know, crap, who knows what it is. So YouTube is, is constantly trying to be more user-friendly basically it just wants to put out videos that people actually want to watch versus videos that people want to click on so i think five or six years ago i think it might have been 2016 or something they completely revamped the algorithm to where just clicking on the thumbnail was not going to keep that video kind of in the uh the spin cycle and keep pushing it out to more people it had to be clicking the thumbnail, which uh, is called, it's called click through rate. So click through rate means it's what percentage of people click on your video when they are presented it, say in the sidebar where it's like suggested videos, or maybe you're on a home screen, or maybe you're watching another video and it ends. It's how many people click on your thumbnail that are 
presented with your thumbnail um, on some facet, you know, whether it's your phone or whatever. Um, so there's that. And then there's your percentage viewed. So people actually have to view a certain amount of the video for the okay. algorithm to say that for the new algorithm to say, okay, now we can push this to more people and see what happens. And that's precisely how the algorithm works. It doesn't matter. And this is another thing that changed. It doesn't even matter how many subscribers you have, really. It's going to put your video to a small amount of people. If they click it and watch it, and it, I'm not saying they don't have to watch the whole thing, but even like a 10, 10, between 10 and 20% is considered like good um, for how long people watch your video. So they'll, they'll push that to a small amount of people. Say they push it to a hundred people. If, you know, 60% of them click on it and watch half of it, then they're going to be like, Oh man, push that to a thousand and then to 10,000 and a hundred thousand and a million. So that's just basically how that works and how that stuff goes. But um, now, as I mentioned, those changes, you just can't do the clickbait thing. It doesn't work anymore. Go back and find some of the channels that you used to watch that do clickbait stuff, or maybe you didn't watch them. Maybe you just know about them. Go look at them now. You know, they're suffering if they don't adapt. Yeah. Um, and it just really doesn't work anymore, but that's not saying it's not important. It's still so important because you could have the most engaging, beautifully shot, you know, well-edited video ever. If people don't click on it, then the algorithm just, just dumps it. It gives up on it. So you need yeah. both those things. It's interesting. That's like one of the ones that I always kind of like got curious on how it affected uh i don't know the performance of the video because like yeah, yours i'll say like yours don't seem i don't i say clickbait again it sounds like a negative thing but it's like no it's fine um it, yours don't come off to me as like my idea of like clickbaity they're they're like they're well made like you, it's a re, it's a realistic picture of what like what you put there and i and i click it i end up seeing that and like right, i yeah. appreciate that my style I feel annoyed and almost betrayed when the image doesn't match. Like, yeah. So that's, I, that's YouTube doesn't want that to happen. They're doing everything. So that doesn't happen because mm -hmm. that used to happen all the time, as you know, and they don't want to be known, but you know, it's that that's not good for anyone because it's not good for YouTube because they end up paying, you know, a bunch of money from the ad revenue to these videos and the audience is, you know, they're not happy either. And that's it. You know, another thing that, that drives video success is the engagement. And that's people, you know, commenting. Well, the algorithm doesn't read the comments. It doesn't know if they're good or bad. So that's another thing that used to happen. You had this clickbait thing and people clicked on it. And then they were like, oh, God damn it. And they get in the comment section. There's a million people pissed off. Yeah. Well, they're like, oh, the engagement's through the roof. You know, this is a... Uh, the algorithm is just a, you know, it's a machine. It's artificial intelligence is like, must be good. But yeah, they've well, done a good job of, of getting past that in recent years. So that's, um, so we keep using the word like algorithm. That's one of those things that like somebody like me, let's say someone like me who's like, I would like to have a YouTube channel. Like, it's like, I, I would like to have somewhere that I could put videos. If nothing else, kind of like you alluded to earlier, you have these amazing experiences on the water, but like, you know the memory of it it's like it just exists only in your head it's something yeah. that you would like to like for me 
I know I've got so many things that have happened to me on the water that I wish I could go back and like almost relive. And that's the best way to do it is through video. But somebody that's interested in starting a YouTube channel is going to hear the term algorithm. But then yep. it's like, well, well, what is that? Like, can can you see it? Can you find it? Like, what, <laughs> what what is algorithm? It's like this nameless, faceless thing. How do you know? You kept saying the algorithm has changed. Is this like something that can be read about? I mean, how do you know when changes are implemented? Or is it just like you see a sudden change in the metrics and you know something changed? Like, how do you adapt with it? Well, I mean, you know, unless your channel is huge and you have all these, you know, metrics and analytics to look at, you're not going to be able to see these changes and everything. But YouTube, you know, they're they're owned by Google. When they change everything, they kind of put out um, something in their terms of service. And it's kind of like lawyer contract speak. You can't hardly figure out what they're really saying, but they (laughs) they do announce these changes. But you got to rely on the YouTube content creators to inform you on that. So just like, um, just like when, when something breaks on my truck, I like to do all the work myself. I don't know how to do every single thing. So a lot of times I just pull up a YouTube video and I can figure it out. You know, if it's nothing too crazy, same thing with, you know, when you're doing research on this YouTube stuff, there's, there's going to be a guy whose entire channel is just, putting these things into kind of layman's terms, something you can digest and being like, Hey, they've changed it up. We've done the research. We've also, you know, we, we went off what they said they changed and we've, you know, put that against other data. So that's, that's where I'm getting all this information. Honestly, it's just from YouTube itself. Yeah. Cause it's like, you know, I guess it's obviously they're not like sending out a memo that says, you know, update alert. You know, going yeah, forward, yeah. we'll have this happen. You know, I guess one of the more recent things, well, I think it was recent. I thought it was peculiar how they, like, decided to stop showing, like, likes versus dislikes. Like, you can only see how many likes something has. I mean, what, what was that to, like, preserve people's feelings? Like, what does that do? I think that's probably <laughs> what it was. Um, I, I, I'm not sure anymore. You can, you can still see it in your analytics. Mm-hmm. as a percentage but you cannot you n- can no longer see how many dislikes you get so i think that was probably just like a i don't know probably a good call because you we're we kind of glazed over it but we were talking about like reading the comments and negative stuff and you know there's a there's definitely a mental health aspect of these social media things where you can get caught up in it and it can really mess you up so i'm i'm sure it had something to do with with that yeah um which is i don't know maybe i'm giving uh youtube too much credit and goodwill there maybe it, it's probably all just to make money but uh you're probably yeah yeah there's i'm sure it's somewhere in between yeah. um but you know i i always wonder too like and maybe this is opinion and maybe it's matter of fact but like i don't know what's been your observation like is it is there more value in being consistent or putting out like a quality, I guess I use the term product, because, you know, a lot of people who want to do a YouTube channel, they can only get out one day a week or yep. or uh, but hey, maybe they get out that one day a week, but they film a lot of stuff that they can kind of slow trickle. Like, is it more important in your opinion or based on what you've observed to like to be a, a reliable for your audience to know that that 
you're always going to be releasing something or to be impactful on the occasion or like, you know, what, what is your thoughts on that? Definitely 100% the second thing, you know, the uh, quality over quantity. And that's another one where there's, there's kind of this old school thought of, of, of YouTubers that have been around for, for, you know, say 10 years ago, um, it was all about consistency. Everybody's like, you got to get that video every week. Um, and I think, you know, like I said, YouTube is always changing. It's always, always changing. And, um, what worked for someone one year could just completely stop working the next. Um, but I think that's definitely, um, you know, a, a big part of it is, uh, just, putting out a really good product that someone's going to click on and watch versus just saying, I got to get out my video every week. I got to get out my video every week. And I think on so many levels, that's just bad. And I, I've, I'm not just saying this because I did the research and that's what the smart guys are telling me or whatever. I have done that myself. And when I was, you know, first starting out, that's, that's what I thought I've, you know, and all this, all the, everything still exists on YouTube. So there's a guy giving advice 10 years ago that you could watch his video and you could follow and he could lead you astray. So that a lot of people are saying this consistency thing and I, everything suffered, um, when I was doing that. Um, and especially like, you know, we were just saying like the mental health thing. I'm not saying I was losing my mind, but I, I was just stressing. I was staying up late editing. I was putting so much energy into it that like the creative part of it started suffering. And when that, I mean, you're a content creator as well. When there's not, you can see right through that. Even though we're we're looking at a screen, you could see right through that. When someone that like the joy and the passion isn't there, you yeah. just tell right away. Um, so yeah, there's an element of that too. But um, if we're just talking the technical side, put out the best video you possibly can. Um, also, don't you also have to put yourself out there though? Same thing. So I, I think we were talking about this earlier too when the cameras weren't rolling, um, you know, before in kind of some of my other creative projects before I did YouTube, I was kind of like a professional perfectionist and I'd hold myself back and I say, it's not ready. It's not, I got to tweak this. I got to tweak that. And you end up never putting it out. And so many bad things happen when that happens, but you basically, you just don't learn. You don't put something out there. You don't fail in front of, you know, thousands of eyes, which, if you want to just jumpstart on learning something, do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> put out, uh, put out the less than perfect pro project. So uh, it's a balance between that. Don't feel like you need to post on a schedule um, to where it's going to affect how good the content is. And also just going to affect you, you know, stress wise. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, it's like I, I kind of want to go the tone, like at least in this early phases of like, you know, somebody that's interested in getting started, not necessarily somebody that's already got one is trying to figure out how to like inject a little bit of life into it. But like, you know, somebody more in my position who was like, ah, oh, you know, 
I do a lot of great, I, I do a lot of awesome fishing. Like I really want to start capturing these moments. What What are some of like the basic things that somebody would need? Like uh, maybe like camera gear, like what, you know, when you, when you go out on a day to film your day of fishing, um, what are some of the things, I don't know, that maybe that they would need? I'd say to start, just get one single GoPro and get like a head mount or a chest mount. I prefer the head mount because the footage is just cleaner. The chest mount is is difficult for fishing because you have this going on in front of it. But man, the head mount, it starts hurting after about an hour wearing it. And you know, a guy like me, I'm crazy. I'm a fisherman and I'm trying to do these videos. So I just keep that thing in my head for 12 hours and feel like I'm dying. But yeah. <laughs> I would I would just start out with a single GoPro. Um, you can, they've been good for a while. You can get one of the older ones, a couple hundred bucks. Um, and you know, I don't know if you're familiar, but with someone like Ty pig patrol, I don't know if you ever heard of him. He's, he's one of my favorites of all time. He's, he's a big inspiration to me to do my channel, but I've been watching him for years. And, um, I remember actually when he announced, he's like, I'm going full time, you know, I'm, I'm making enough money off this, but to this day, his videos are shot on one GoPro that's on his hat. He's yeah. got no, he doesn't do drone shots. He doesn't have a uh, camera two. He doesn't put in inject B roll. It's just straight up fishing. And now that's, that doesn't mean that's going to work for you. And that's actually, you know, that's, that's hard to do. He just happens to be just like the greatest of all time with a fishing rod and one GoPro, but I'd say do that, you know, get the one GoPro. Don't spend a ton of money on it. Um, download something like DaVinci resolve, which is an editing software program that you can get for free, but it's, it's, it's a professional grade software. You know, people have, uh, many Hollywood Marvel movies have been edited on that, you know, not the free version, but, um, and just see if you like it is what I'd say, you know, um, I think that's an, maybe another downfall of me in some of my past things, which ended up working this time. But a lot of times be like, I got to get the, I got to get the best stuff and I can't do this until I have the right gear, which yeah. we as fishermen know that's, that's never the right, you know, it's like the, you know, poor carpenter blames his tools or whatever. You just got to, use what you got and, and get out there. And you know what, you might get out there and you might be like, this sucks. I was having a lot more fun fishing without the cameras going, because I'll tell you this, it is a lot more fun fishing without a camera on your head, without worrying about, did I get the shot without worrying about this? So it has to be, you have to have some passion for the whole process. So if you, if you start learning editing, you're like, this is really fun. This is a creative outlet for me. And you like post something and people engage with it. And you're like, Oh, people are getting something out of this. Then, then yeah, that's, that's worth it. But almost all the, the, the fishing YouTubers that I follow and sometimes that, you know, a lot of these guys have Instagram, so you can see a little more behind the scenes on that. They're days off. They go fishing without the cameras. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's yeah. something to be said about that too. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting one. I think that's where I've always, I, I realized pretty quickly there's a lot of like self-discipline involved in it because that's where, what I ran into the same thing. I, I, I would leave the house with this like envision in mind when I was still, you know, dabbling oh, yeah. with video making. 
I'm like, this is like, this is what I want to capture today on video. And then you get out there and you realize that you're being inconvenienced by having to like, you know, dilly dally with this thing, make sure you're capturing moments. And it's like very quickly, I would just, I'd lose the, the discipline to stay focused on capturing and, and videoing the moment that the camera went to the wayside yeah. or something crazy would happen, but I didn't get it on video. So oh, then yeah. I don't have the hook set. <laughs> I only have like, you know, me reeling the fish in. Then I realized, well, I can't do much with this. And it was like a, a big waste of time. So it's like, you know, it's it's interesting, though, because, you know, I know, I guess maybe we're the same age. I didn't I didn't realize I'm 36. I don't know how old you are. I'm 36. Yeah. OK, so it's like I feel like we're sort of from that era, the end of that era, the tail end of it, where it's like we're my idea of fishing video is like what I watched on TV, like right. television. Yeah. So it's like you're used to like that kind of programming, but it's, you know, it's like, I don't know. I, I see a lot of value in, in B-roll footage in like this amazing visual experience. Oh yeah. But I also know that's not super relatable. I don't know. It's like, you, you almost want to feel like, okay, that's awesome. That's professionally done, but I could never, you know, I could never do that. Right. Um. So I like, to your point, like a guy's like uh Thai pig patrol. It's like, he does it in a way that's very boots on the ground and like it's simple and uh, he's doing awesome stuff, but he's doing it in a simple enough way to where somebody that's like an upstart feels like they can, they can go do that. So, yeah, I think it just, it just feels so relatable to the, to yeah. the point of like, you know, it's, it's POV fishing. So you can, it you really feel like you're there. Yeah. Um. So, you know, maybe that's some of the big, the, the big draw. I think a lot of it is he just has like, a great personality that people like, and he's not this, you know, in your face talking to the camera. He just seems like kind of like he has that every man kind of quality to him. Um, so yeah, I mean, and, and it doesn't, it doesn't mean you can't get creative, you know, yeah. you could get some B roll with your GoPro or whatever. I think if you just want to try it, I would try it and, and go from there. Yeah. Um, that's the thing is like, I feel like I'm sort of asking questions that like require a matter of fact answer, but that's not how it works. It's like everybody. No, they're great, own... great questions. Great questions. Yeah. Because well, it's, it's, I'm sort of ignorant to it because I kind of wonder like, you know, I'll watch a YouTube video and you know what, what I like to see is obviously going to be different than what a 12 year old kid likes to see. But I'll be honest, like when I watch the ones where they're looking in the camera and it's very clearly a fabricated personality and they're extremely yeah. animated, like, what's going on? Yada, yada, yada. I'm like, ah. like, are you like that when the camera's not on? I struggle yeah. with it. I, I yeah. can't, I can't do it. So I would just, again, this is all opinion based, but like, I, I wonder somebody who wants to get in front of a camera may feel compelled or, or pressured, you know, to mimic what they've seen. Right. You know, do, you, yeah. do you think it's more important to follow, I don't know, a blueprint that somebody's done that like some of these more uh recognized guys that, you know, that have those mannerisms, or is it more important to like I don't know, be organic or be authentic or be yourself or like I uh, my opinion is it's more important to be yourself, but also you should I mean, you should definitely keep an eye on kind of like the technical stuff of what other people are doing. And even if someone 
is their channels vibe is nothing like yours. You can still learn from them. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, definitely watch YouTube videos, pick up things like trends, you know, even if there's another channel and their personality is complete opposite of yours, you could still be like, Oh, well, they're having success with these kind of videos. Maybe someone wants to see my take on it or whatever. And you know, another thing about YouTube is it's there's room for literally every personality and there's an audience for every person that if you are shy and you are just shaking when you're talking on the camera, (laughs) put the camera on and start shaking, you know, and there's going to guarantee you there's a million people that are going to relate to that and going to be like, wow, you know, that was brave. I'm, you know, I want to go with you on this journey and you know, whatever That, that that's the thing about YouTube is, people kind of look at YouTube like they do other social media sites, even though YouTube was around before the, I I'm sure it's around before that term was even coined, but it was definitely around before, you know, Instagram, TikTok, even Facebook, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and it's, it's really just, I like to look at it as like it's TV for the people it's made for the people and the people are the audience. So it is like a beautiful thing in in that way. Of course, there's plenty of like crap and darkness and negativity that can be found on there as well. But yeah, um, I think definitely, you know, trying to be yourself exactly copying someone is just pretty much never going to work. Right. But doing the opposite of that, you're not doing yourself any favors. You know, you've got to not copy, but you've got to take inspiration from other people. You got to kind of borrow and grab and, and, you know, be just be on the search. Yeah. Well, sometimes I think, and I guess this is a good word of advice for people too, because this like, again, we keep talking about things we talked about before we started recording. And I had alluded to my personal difficulty and being alone with a camera, looking into the camera and like it, talking. Yeah. I struggled with it because I don't know. It, it's weird. It's like you, you get these strange, it's, you know, you get these strange jitters, these nerves, and it's a very big turnoff. It's, I think it's very easy to like turn tail and run and be like, nope, 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 this isn't for me. Like, yeah. I, I, I ain't doing this. But what I did realize is I like, it's like anything else where like repetitions exactly. you know, are, are key and critical. So granted, I don't have a YouTube uh video i mean i do this podcast thing and and what i have noticed is that over time the, the more you just do it then you like let your guard down but you know yep. I, I i just need to get in front of this thing and just talk like i'm talking to like one of my buddies yeah it's it's pretty comfortable but uh i, I, I i'm the same way i to this day i don't i don't like talking to the camera i am not that style <laughs> of um of channel at all and it's really difficult for me um i'm uncomfortable just just now and i've had success on youtube but i again i've only i haven't even been doing it for a year so i i kind of just have this you know kind of unique thing that happened to me and a lot of information to share but yeah as far as that stuff goes i mean just do it do it and put it out there and if you put the worst most awkward thing like you were saying you'd like listen back and listen to yourself. And you're like, I sound like an idiot. What was I saying? Like, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're those kinds of guys where we're always our own harshest critic. So put the thing out there, watch it. It's going to be the most cringy thing ever, but you know what? You just set the bar and you cannot go any lower than that. So 
it's anything, a good, that's a good perspective there. I like anything, that. anything past that is, is a, is a huge success. So, yeah. Well, I like that you're like still new to it, but you've amassed a big following. Cause it's like, you, you know, you kind of wear both hats where it's like, you're still, I don't know. I guess you still call yourself new. You're still like learned Like you're still new in it to a point, but you've also, you know, experienced getting a big following. So like you see, you see both sides, but, uh, I want to kind of like transition into a little bit more like you've you've got you've started this thing and maybe you had an objective from the get go or you start to develop an objective. But um, and I don't even know if you're at this phase yet with yours, but like, let's say this is where it always this is where I get thrown off by the YouTube thing. This is where I get very confused is like the monetization side of it. I don't know how um in-depth your knowledge is on that if it if it's if it's not there i don't know just let me know but it's like people get this idea that they can quit their job like we took and some people have been able to yeah quit their job and this is going to be their career i that's where i get real i get lost i'm like where's the money coming from like i I don't understand it like the money is just appearing like where's it is, is there is it like is it all ad revenue is there something else like I mean, I guess expand on the monetization side of it, um, what you understand about it, like what you have to do in order to accomplish that. Like, I don't know where it comes from. It's like, to me, it's this great mystery. Right. Like well, money we, just we can... showing up in your account. Like, what, <laughs> right. How does it work? I mean, eventually it is like that, but I, I, we'll, we'll, I think we'll just start kind of go backwards from there. So where the, where the money comes from is just two things it's ad revenue and that is simply ads that get played on your videos so um they most of it is going to be ads that play at the start of your videos um if your video is of a certain length if it's over eight minutes then it's qualifies for mid-roll um ads you know there's there's different ads that can be placed through there um, and those are also preferences that can be set. So you can say, I don't want for my channel, I never want an ad to interrupt a video. Okay. You know, those are all your preferences. You can choose to not put any ads. Also, this is, we're speaking after you get monetized. We'll go back to the requirements to get monetized in the first place. But yeah, you, you know, um, that's one of the two places come from is the ad revenue. And then the other place is a share of the subscription revenue of youtube premium subscribers okay. so um i don't know if you've ever done youtube premium i've had it for a while it's so nice because man this i know we were talking earlier a little bit of how me and my girlfriend did some traveling and kind of lived on the road for yeah a year uh, we prepped for that for like six months well we really prepped for it for a year because we had we were in lockdown. We it went from an idea to yeah. let's <laughs> let's save money to let's start looking for a actual like you know truck and camper to buy. And I I did so much research and I was doing so much. I I stripped. I gutted our truck on the inside and like rebuilt it. And it has like a kitchen in the back and stuff like that. And I did yeah. a lot of. I, I did all the maintenance it needed and I changed brakes and all this stuff. So I was constantly on YouTube. I, it got to a point where I'm like, take whatever money you need to stop playing these damn ads. And it's 10 bucks <laughs> a month and the ads go away. And then you have, you know, features like you can download videos to your phone and like watch them offline. Um, 
I mean, I don't know if you're on flight or something like that, or just want to yeah. have, you know, whatever. So that's, that's YouTube premium basically. So anyone who watches your video, who is a YouTube premium subscriber, you get a fraction of their, of, the, of what they pay monthly for their subscription. So that's where the money comes from. Um, and that's the only place that the money comes from on YouTube other than some other f- new features that we will talk about in a little bit, but as far as what it takes to get monetized. So YouTube, like I said, is constantly changing and they just changed the requirements for monetization. So I'm going to have to look it up here in a second um, and tell you exactly what it was. But when I got monetized, which Granted, was only back in February. It's only a few months ago. Basically, what you need, you need to reach a certain threshold of watch hours. So that's the amount of cumulative amount of hours that people watch your video. So it used to be it was 4,000 public watch hours um, and a certain amount of subscribers. So it was a thousand subscribers and four thousand public watch hours. Or when shorts came along, um, they also had a um, a threshold for for just views off shorts. So you could get four thousand public watch hours. That's really hard. That's so many public watch hours. People yeah. need to be really watching um, your videos. You know, I think. God, just to give an example, you know, like a video with something like, um, you know, a video with a hundred plus thousand views is only 10,000 watch hours. Um, so you, you got to basically kind of go viral to get that, that first thing, or you could get the, um, a 10 million shorts views, which is what I ended up getting first. Okay. So now they, I think they've cut that in half. Um, so now you need, you all you need is 500 subscribers. So they cut that in half. It used to be a thousand. Um, and then you need 3000 watch hours, which is on your full lengths or 3 million shorts views. And that's with in a 90 day period for the, uh, for the second part. You can get the subscribers whenever, but you need to get a certain amount of traffic within a 90 day period. So it's not, it's not easy at all to just get monetized in the first place. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's no easy feat. Uh, I, you know, I, I had a certain amount of luck and, uh, you know, a little bit of hard work. um, Do you have any say or control over like what the ad is i mean like what it what i mean because no no you don't so it could be like some i don't know it could be i don't something crazy that you don't agree with and it could be over the top of your yeah i mean youtube they none of their advertisers are like controversial um and then also these advertisers are you know it's all run by google so you're gonna get ads yeah they're not gonna pay you're not gonna get a tampon ad on a fishing video, you know what I mean? Because that's <laughs> yeah. they can look at your analytics and they know who's watching your video. Okay, that's so, now that's good. Okay, yeah, you're gonna get like uh, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, that makes sense then. Okay, because like there's one that keeps happening to me when I'm like mowing the yard. 
sometimes I'll listen to like I have like a playlist on my YouTube of music. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I want to listen to freaking music. I don't want to listen to ads. It's like just one of those things I have to deal with. Yeah. I can deal with a 15 second commercial while I'm mowing. No big deal. But they're like, man, there's some ads out there now. Like one of them that's been pissing me off. It's like SEO, like search engine opt- optimization strategy yeah. tips yep. and techniques. And I know it's coming from the fact that like I, I have my website, my blog and stuff. Yeah. And I look at that stuff a little bit. But this ad is like three hours long. Oh, they're so I'm bad. Like, oh, my God. Like, that'll, you know, that'll then make I got to you... reach in my pocket, and like skip ad. And I'm like, yeah. this is bull crap. That'll make you. I, I actually should... I like YouTube for music. So that's another yeah. good, good reason to pay them the 12 bucks a month or whatever uh. it is now to get rid of those things. But, you know, you as a viewer, you can choose what type of ads you don't want to see. So if you ever get an ad, you can click the little report thing and you can say, OK. I don't want to see this yeah. ad again, or even you can be like, I find this ad offensive. And it's just, it's um, interesting. Cause on the flip side of that, like if I'm, if I'm the person who has the content and somebody's slapping this bull crap in front of my videos, it could yeah. be a, a turnoff. It could be like, man, this guy's, you know, people don't know any better me. I don't know any better. I could be like, yeah. I'm never watching this channel again. Cause they got too many commercials, even though it's well, beyond their control. Exactly. So, I mean, that's, that is all you can do is you can just say you don't want ads at all. Or you can say, I don't yeah. want the ad in the beginning of my video or I don't want the ads to play halfway through. But man, if, if anyone wants my advice, click all those ads, get all those ads. Cause you want to, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you want to get that money and, you know, continue funding your passion. So I let all those ads roll. Uh, I don't know exactly what they are. I don't watch my own videos too much, but Hopefully yeah. they're not too bad. You got the director's cut in, you can, in here. So yeah, you, you can always skip them. They're all yeah. skippable ads. So um, well, we kept we kept mentioning and like being like, oh, we'll come back to this later, and then haven't yet. The difference between shorts and regular videos. To me, the only difference I know is one of them is shorter than the other. But as yeah. far as like the intricacies of I don't know driving. Uh, you know, uh, people to your channel or what has more potential to go viral than the other or what might drive growth better or how to use one tool versus the other that I don't understand. Don't know the difference. I would think that the same strategies apply to both, but apparently there's a difference. What is yeah, they, 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 they really just don't almost, you know, like I said earlier, almost think of them as almost like different platforms, you know, I mean, for one, shorts are presented to viewers in a feed, you know, Um, you just swipe through. It's just like watching Instagram reels when you're scrolling Instagram or if you use TikTok, it's the same way. They come through in a feed uh, in a in a feed. So almost 100 percent of the views of your shorts will be coming from a feed versus like a suggested video or something or something off a home screen. So what that means is um, thumbnails for shorts are, you know, almost irrelevant because no one's seeing the thumbnail and clicking on it. It's just presented to them. So that's why when you wrap your head around that, that's why you know that that title is so important because that's, people's attention spans are so, so short. And, Mm -hmm. you know, unless you, depending on what kind of content you have, you might just have something amazing and people are going to watch it and that that doesn't even matter. But for most people, 
you really want to use that title or caption as they call it to, to, to hook people in, because that's kind of like, I see it as the hook of the video. It's the first place my eyes go. Um, like I said, unless the start of the video is just like a, you know, bomb going off or something like that, which is usually not the start of a video. It's a payoff of a video. So I think of the title as like the hook. And then after that, if that gets your viewers locked in and it's so crazy nowadays, we're talking about locking people into watching a video that's 60 seconds max, but um, that locks people in. And then if the content's good too, then you not only have, you know, not only does the algorithm see that, oh, someone chose to watch this whole video, sometimes they'll watch it again because it loops until you scroll it away. Yeah. And then the other big thing for shorts is like if people engage with it. So if you like it, if you um, comment on it, if you copy the link and text it to someone, you know, you can see all this stuff in your analytics. You can see people are sending stuff internationally through WhatsApp. You can see all the mm. con- different countries that are watching this stuff. Um yeah. So shorts, I mean, they are their own thing in so many different ways. Uh, definitely in the way that people, you know, are presented them through YouTube and the way kind of people engage with them. And, um, I would definitely say that that would be your easiest way to go viral was, is with a, a short and there's some technical stuff to that, but it's also like, what do you think's easier to make? a 60 second max clip that people will watch or a five to 10 to 20 minute video in this age we live in now with attention yeah. spent. It's so hard, man. It's so hard. And you almost need that like TV show caliber pacing with just like cuts and cuts and B roll and all this stuff to just like make people re-engage with the video. Because mm-hmm. the other thing you got to think is like, if someone, if, 10 people are watching your video. That's already a miracle because they can pull up whatever they want. Everything in the world exists on YouTube. Yeah. You know, anything they want to watch at that very second, they could be watching instead of your stuff. So, Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing with that makes shorts different is, is also, um, when you get to that monetization threshold, they don't pay nearly as much as the full length views pay. Okay. So, you know, your ad, whereas you might be making something like, you know, and this is another thing that affects how much you get paid is where your views are coming from. If they're coming from places like the U S Canada advertisers pay more, um, per click, or per 1000 views is really how they pay uh, they pay it um for views coming from ad clicks coming from those countries as they do like third world countries yeah, um, yeah so if all your views are coming from india you are making a very small fraction of what you would be making if all your views were coming from the us so you know you could be making 5 dollars every thousand views on a full length, but you might only make a couple cents per thousand views. So, you know, you, you're, you're, you're making like a couple hundred dollars on like a multi-million view short, you know, Yeah. versus a multi-million view full length. I mean, you could make $50,000 on, you know, 
that's cool. I, I, I have not gotten to that, that level, you know, it's a goal, but it's, you know, just for sake of the, the conversation is very different on that front as well. No, that's interesting stuff. That's, that's cool. It's almost like they operate as a one, two punch anyway, I guess if you have a real impactful, like sudden attention grabber shorts video, it's going to drive people towards your bigger stuff anyway. Um, I don't know. It's like you're throwing the hook out there and then you're landing them bigger, right? Ish, bigger money with the bigger stuff. But it's very interesting how all that works together. I just, I always think about that kind of thing, even by nature, like the work that I do, it's like, I have to read analytics and stuff of, you know, a manufacturing operation and like yields and line efficiencies and like little tweaks that we make engineering wise, how it affects yep. downstream stuff. So it's like, you can do the same stuff with a YouTube video. And I know I used, I have similar things with the dashboard that I use on my website. And it's just, it's fun to look at. It's fun to see. Yeah, how you see, are. you see the analytics and you yeah. see all the different countries and, and yeah, I like that kind of stuff, yeah. you know, it's easy I, to get pulled into. And, um, I don't know. It's like, and I'm sure some people just make stuff for the fun of it and throw it out there and whatever happens, happens. Other people might be a total flip side where they obsess over the analytics, maybe to a, Maybe to a where it becomes a dark thing. I don't know. Like we've talked about mental health a few times, and not now. I'm no psychiatrist, but you know, like anything else, YouTube's one of those things that's like it can be such a great tool. It's so great. Like you talked about earlier, pulling up a YouTube to look at, like you know, I don't know. It, it can help you. It can help you save a lot of money if you have a broken down vehicle. Yeah, as long as you're not you know, being stupid with it, but it's like, right. it's, it's such a lot. Cause there's a tutorial for everything on YouTube. Yeah. It's fantastic. On the flip side, it's almost like there's, there's some bad things like anything else. There's some, you know, there's a cause and effect behind everything. And I want to kind of go down that road a little bit because obviously, you know, there's, there's always going to be the, the, the grumpy folks are going to sit back and like, that damn YouTube has done, you know, I don't know. It's, it's spot burning. Uh, has al allowed a uh, spot yeah. burning or or whatever. Obviously, when you get to a point where you've amassed a, a bit like yourself, you you've amassed a big following. It's almost like you have this social responsibility to do certain things or 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 I don't know, be responsible. A, a, a person like you doesn't want to have a video of you mishandling a fish and like like killing the damn thing by acting oh, for sure especially with the shark stuff especially with the shark stuff and i know you know you know all about that yeah so um so it's like you know what uh, i mean in your opinion what response like what are some responsible ways to operate it where you're you're not gonna i don't know man you, you see folks that it's sort of part of the entertainment is to go like sneaking into private property and right like right right cop, cops called like they almost invite that negative interaction from karen's and it's like it makes for an entertaining video but it's also yeah. like you wonder how many people are out there looking for that uh interaction and like you know i don't know man like let's just some of the some of the potential negatives that maybe youtube could have that people need to be cautious of yeah i mean i think to me, the, the more negative stuff I'd speak on is like personally as a con uh, a content creator and just like how you can get wrapped up in it. And, you know, like we were talking about looking at the comments and spending, mm -hmm. 
spending so much time on something. And if it doesn't have the response, it can be like crushing and things like that. But as far as, and this has been a subject in lots of the other podcasts, cause I'm, I'm a big fan. I think I've listened to almost all of them, but it kind of always comes up the whole, like kind of like clickbaity thing. Um, or yeah, like you said, the like Karens or whatever, um, you know, honestly to me, it's like, people wouldn't watch that unless they didn't want to. So if that's your thing, I think more power to you because it, you could hate on someone for like fishing with gummy worms or doing something clickbaity yeah, or whatever. That's the one but, I always use. I know if you've listened, yeah, I'm like yeah. fishing with a gummy worm but, or whatever, you know, all these things, but it's like, you know what? I I'm a fan because if you're making a living doing that, I think yeah. that's awesome because you yeah. should, I don't know. I'm sure you've had some bad jobs or whatever. I've worked in kind of like the um, manual labor kind of construction field my whole life. And, you know, the things I've done for money, if you think like, you know, <laughs> doing a video about Karen's is bad. Like you should, you know, the, the way I've, I've been talked to by contractors and, and, <laughs> and homeowners yeah. and interior designers. And uh, so, so to me, there's an element of like, you know what, do you go get that money? And, and I love it no matter what, I might not be personally a fan of it. Um, I don't really watch those things per se, but uh, I don't, I don't, I don't really hate on it. You know, yeah. the thing, the, the, the thing that the things that I don't like is other things we've talked about a lot, like, and I'm just like you, I don't want to make enemies at all. For one, I don't, you know, I'm trying to be successful. I don't want to, you know, put any, I don't want to put any political stuff in there or any hot button issues or whatever. But then mm -hmm. when we get down to when we're talking about fishing, man, there's so much drama and stuff like that. Like you mentioned oh, spot yeah, burn, yeah. but like in the in the shark fishing world i feel like that in the past however many years like all these all the biggest viral shark video shark fishing videos are what i would consider mishandling of fish like people with these huge sharks are completely out of water they're completely beached there's like three dudes sitting on them and it's always like some yeah, buff yeah. Jack dude or whatever, which is, you know, <laughs> yeah. that, they're not all like that or whatever, but it's yeah. just like that kind of just turned me off to the whole shark fishing thing. And I've been surf fishing. I know I'm from Wisconsin, but I, I, I only, I lived there till I was six and I've since moved bounced around a lot, but I've been surf fishing in North Carolina for like getting close to 20 years now. And I, Honestly, like, like we said, YouTube is a place where you go to for information. When I was thinking about shark fishing, getting some gear, I would go to YouTube and I would see those things and would really turn me off. So now we have some kind of like the new school guys, or maybe just, you know, guys that are getting the spotlight on them that are more, more about conservation or handling the fish, right? Yeah. Like uh, Blake Avery Brown. That's, I think that's like my favorite podcast of of yours so far because yeah, that was a fun one yeah i'm into the shark fishing and he's just like so no bullshit and so just uh genuine and like it was very educational for me but um you know i think there's there's a responsibility there for me personally um and then if you were talking about like you know the dark side of youtube or or what i you know 
maybe would steer people away from. I mean, yeah, I don't like seeing stuff like that. I don't like seeing sharks out of water and with, you know, guys holding their, pulling their mouths open. I hate that stuff. And I think it, it makes everyone look bad, you know, because that's, and just, just like, you know, that's something we're trying to change, you know, as as creators, but, or, or the bow fishing thing, you know, um, I'm, I've like ever since a kid, since I was a kid, I always thought like the weirdest, ugliest fish were the coolest fish. You know, I'd love catching bullheads or like, I've, you know, in Wisconsin, my God, like carp, just people hate carp so much, but I'm like, yeah. these things are cool. You know, they're, they're huge. They're cool. And so, yeah, seeing people, especially when they're shooting a gar and everything like that. I don't like seeing stuff like that. So um, I think that stuff being on the internet is so much worse than someone doing a clickbaity Karen or like a yeah. magnet fishing cops called or like a, <laughs> you know, you know, whatever. Well, I used a whole chicken as bait in a spillway. Yeah. All that stuff to me, it's all positive. Cause it's just getting, and you've said it before. It just gets people into fishing. Yeah, that's where I was going to go. I think I've said it a few times. I think I've, I I hope that I've made myself sort of clear where I stand on those things. Like, I will admit, there, it, it, not that long ago even, I would get like, I'd be talking just crap on these guys that have like the super silly behaviors on there. Like, these people are idiots. They're ruining fishing. This is ridiculous. These people are, these YouTubers are out of control. But then it's like, and I get, it's very easy to do the same thing with like bow fishing. And we just mentioned bow fishing to just go crazy hating them. I don't know, miss, maybe it's me just getting older. I'm kind of realizing, you know, people are going to get into that and they'll find that. Now, this is what I've always said. I was like, it's getting a lot of people that may have not otherwise been involved in fishing to click on it, to look at it. Maybe they start out even mimicking it and then ultimately will find like find their own way. There's obviously some common sense stuff was like, well, that's not right. Like it shouldn't be doing that. But I, I don't want to ever sit back and hate on somebody like you said, who's making a living because I'll say this, a lot of the guys that I know that still exist in that frame of mind where they will just go in on a YouTuber, how terrible YouTube is. I I'm convinced. And again, this is all speculative, but I have a strong hunch (laughs) that if somebody came to them and said with on a silver platter, and said, you can leave your job tomorrow and we'll pay <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. We'll match your salary yeah. or, or or go above your salary. All you got to do is fish every day and act like this. I'm talking most of them would go yeah. do it. 100%, and I feel very 100%. firmly in saying that. People are not, they don't, I, I don't think people as firmly like have as firm of convictions as they like to pretend. I do think a lot of it, and the reason I'm saying this is because I know that it uh, that I'm speaking on my own behalf. A lot of it stems from jealousy. I sit in this job all day that I that I hate, and it pisses me off. And I work my ass off to make money. Yeah. And here's this guy having a blast and making money, and it it that's where it's coming from. There's a a hint of jealousy, and I I'm introspective enough to have caught myself be like, you know what? I'm bitching about this because that person's figured out a way. Right. Yeah. As silly as it seems to make money doing like they're making a living making silly videos. And then I, I, I have to come to terms with the reality that when the video's off, 
that person's not acting like that. It's a All regular right. person that's savvy enough to avoid having this crap job. And it's all the more power to them. You know, obviously at the same time that, you know, it's one thing to do gummy worms. That's the one I, that's not the one that's like the, that's the one I always use. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not hurting anybody. That's not yeah. hurting anybody. Now the, you know, ones where I've seen people, I don't know. The trespassing thing is one thing. Even that, well, hell, we have all trespassed. We have all done it. You, you do have to worry about is my actions that's going viral and getting like, is the things that I'm doing that's getting me money going to screw it up for everybody else? Right. Yeah. Sure. I think as sportsmen, we need to be cognizant of that. You can't go doing, trying to get cops called and being confrontational with a It's hilarious. And I got to admit, if a woman or a guy or somebody came and got in my face and acted silly, I don't know how I'd react. Honestly, yeah. I probably, I, I like to think I'd be the macho guy. But realistically, I'd probably cower and run away from them. Like I don't want confrontation. I don't like that. I don't want to. No, that's do it, that's, but, uh, that's probably the the smartest thing to do in the long run. But I, th I think it's responsible and important for us, I guess, on this platform to just encourage, like maybe kids. Yeah, you know, go, I think go I, be go be hilarious. Go use a pool noodle in a in a McDonald's carton with a straw to make a fishing reel. Hilarious, funny, entertaining. Don't go. You know, looking for confrontation. Yeah, looking for trouble. You're going to get more stuff made off limits. You're going to get more stuff with trespassing signs. That's where it's like, okay, well, you know what? Because the person that doesn't have a dog in a fight, they don't say these YouTubers are bad. This, this, these YouTube people are out of control. They say fishermen are out of control. Yeah, and you know, these YouTube videos are often you know, young people's, maybe even old people's, you know, first look into fishing. Mm -hmm. So it does leave an impression. Now there's a billion YouTube channels and content creators. And, you know, I don't think we need to hold ourselves the same way as like we're pro athletes or something like that. Oh, right. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, you know, if I think if you do it right and you know, you're a, you're a, a good guy, uh, maybe like you or maybe like me that, that you should definitely um, view things through that lens. Like, like, yeah, I mean, I have, you know, my nephews, they, they're like, I live for these little guys and they watch all my YouTube videos and they like, you know, see these things and want to do the things I do. So I see that firsthand and I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I don't want to, um, I would never want to, put something out there that I thought a kid could mimic and then, you know, have something negative come to it. But, um, yeah, I mean, just to kind of backtrack of the whole thing of like, you know, people getting mad or jealousy. I think a lot of that does come from jealousy or a lot of that is just reflective of, and it doesn't have to be YouTube. It can be whatever. When people are haters, you know, a lot of times it, and by haters, I don't mean you're like you're talking shit or you're just joking around. I mean, like true hate, it, a lot of it's coming from people are just very unhappy in their mm -hmm. lives and whether it's jealousy or they, they or whatever. So it's 90 percent of the time. It's it's just that. And, you know, if you are jealous and or or whatever, you're hating and you're looking at a YouTuber, a content creator and be like, he just he just gets to do this gimmicky thing and make all this money just know that from experience 
it's so hard to do. It takes so much time. It takes a huge piece of your just mind, body, and soul. And like I said, I, you know, um, I, I, I work as a, a painter, um, in my, my regular job. So it's super physically demanding. I'm up on lifts, painting exteriors and in people's houses and on extension ladders and all this stuff that work does not compare to, you know, prepping for this fishing trip, getting all these cameras ready, getting the shots, getting back, staying up till four in the morning editing, but then past that, you got to put this stuff out. You got to respond to comments. You got to, you will work harder on that and it'll take a toll on you much more than any job you've ever had, you know? So I think people think it's, from face value, it kind of looks maybe glamorous or easy, yeah. but oh, it's and you've had other guys on here that will attest that filming fishing, we couldn't have picked a harder thing to film, you know? It's like yeah. if you're if you're like a uh you know, you film architectural stuff, well, that bridge isn't moving, it hasn't moved in uh 80 years. You just go mm-hmm. and make sure the light's right. But we have chose to film something that is not even you know we got to pull it out of the the depths of an ocean or a lake or something and just right. hope it even bites and that's so true it's funny to think of it like that even like any other type of outdoors activity you can sort of plan for the action to a degree like oh, like yeah. a like a hunting video you know you can line up your shot and be ready fishing yep. you don't know when the bite's gonna happen It may not happen. You may not. So it's like you have to be filming the entire time. Yeah. Um, So that's that's just funny. I think one of my favorite videos that you have, it must must be one of your shorts. It's just it's funny. It's random. It's like a spinner shark or a black tip or something jumps behind you on your. I think you're in a you're a it is your video, right? In a kayak. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It is just this giant shark jumping behind you. But it's like if you weren't aware to be recording at all times from all angles, you know, you may have missed that. It's just like, it's yeah, just so funny. But no, that's that's one of my favorite clips. And I mean, that's a clip from a full length part of a full length video where yeah. I was I caught my first <laughs> um, uh, Jack Jack Cabal. Um, this is in the in the Florida Keys. Um, right by seven mile bridge it was actually right under the old abandoned um railroad bridge right by uh bahia honda state park okay that's, yeah that's there yeah that's where i launched my kayak from anyways but yeah if i didn't have that thing rolling you know when that when that happened um i don't know maybe people have seen the video or maybe they haven't but i just heard a big splash and it's i was about to say did you even me. know what it was or did you have no. to go back and look at the camera to see yeah i did not know what that was and <laughs> i didn't even see the footage until yeah. i got all the way back to north carolina you know the 10 hours of driving later probably you know days later and i was just like what the hell was that splash i kind of at the time it had the weather had already turned i caught a really nice jack um it was an awesome day but it started blowing and raining and I was heading back. I was like, no, it's, you know, this is also my first kayak. I'm more of a canoe guy. So this is my first Same here. Kind of yeah. kayak that I have gone fishing in. And, you know, in the Keys, 
it's still the ocean, you know, you can get some big swells and stuff out there. So yeah. it was like getting a little weird. I'm like, I just got to go home. And I started heading. And of course, just like bonehead fishermen, we all are. I was like, let's give me one more cast. And I heard that huge blow up behind me. Yeah, it was a spinner. Well, it could be a black tip or a spinner. There's no way you're going to tell from that video of the shark doing a one eight or a 1080. you know, he spins around four full times, I think. Um, and yeah, I just heard that splash. I was like, I got to get out of here. That's, that's a wrap right there. So, um, but yeah, that was a, that was a cool experience. I can't wait to get back there again. I'm yeah. coming to Florida in, um, I'll be there in all of November and December. So I'm oh, cool. really, okay. really hoping I can convince you to put me on a land-based Goliath. We can, we can definitely try. It's not hard. <laughs> At least it doesn't require a great deal. I guess some people could say it requires you're dropping meat in the water. So it's like one of those things where it's just like, it's just a, it's just a gamble. You don't have to work super hard. You go out there, you drop the bait and you hope for the best. But yeah, when you come, just let me know so I can be ready. A lot of people, I get a lot of people that'll come and like, Hey, just so you know, I'll be there in like three days. Yeah, like, exactly. I can't do it, man. I got a full-time job. I got yeah, my kids, got my kids have activities. Like I'm at that stage where like we, I have to plan like months in advance to get, you know, to, to make these things happen. But it's like, I always want to meet up with, with like-minded people, but I just, I end up being this loner out here doing this completely alone. But, but um, yeah, man, this, this YouTube, so I know we're getting a little short on, on my time anyway, but um, you know, I think about the YouTube thing and it is something I, I, I'll tell you if, had I not had all of my camera stuff stolen on a, I say stolen, it's really, I should own up to my, my, responsibility irresponsibility yeah you're telling me about that on a previous trip i yeah i'd left my uh camera bag on a on an airplane seat and uh shame on me for thinking i guess the, presumably the people that clean the plane i don't know i just i came back and it's gone never saw it again so taken lost it and i just i have not wanted to replenish it my gopros i had my other nicer camera all of it gone um but it is something i want to get into and it's like anything else, I think, for anybody listening that's thinking about it, man, it's just like, it's just got to be one of those things you make sure you're enjoying. You get so tied up in metrics, analytics, getting something out of it, like what can I get out of it? I think it's, you're you're really rolling the dice on whether or not this is something that you enjoy. I'm sure this is something you can attest to. It's just, it's like anything else, it's got to be something you genuinely and authentically enjoy doing. Oh yeah. And if you, and if you don't, then don't do it. And like we were talking yeah. about earlier, it's going to show through the audience is going to tell too. And just, you know, no one's, yeah. no one's going to make it out of there. Good. But yeah. Hey, before you go, I got a quick question for you. And I wonder if we could, hopefully we could do this without breaking into another hour conversation, which we yeah. won't, but um, can you give me, I know there's lots of talk about bucket, bucket list fish. Can you give me your top three domestic and your top three international? Oh yeah. And I promise. I promise we won't break off into a conversation about each. This is uh, it's a fluid topic, you know, like it is with anybody else. It kind of moves around. Yeah. Uh, but I, they're pretty like, I've managed to knock off some of my bigger ones. I'll say and domestic. I, and, and, and I agree with you that your domestic list should be on Always, always on the top. Yeah. You know what I mean? Knock out what's in your backyard or, or what I, you can drive gonna, to or whatever. I'm going to end up forsaking that, although I would love to. I mean, I'm, I'm already 
I'm already in on the South America thing, but domestically, for me now that I like, I think it would have been alligator gar like white sturgeon, and you know it's sort of interchangeable below that. So I've knocked off those ones. As of now, though, top three would probably be number one musky. That's like because I feel like I can I can do that one. Like it's not a it's not it's not out of the realm of control. I got a lot of connections. It's a fascinating fish. It's an awesome fish. So like I'd say musky. Everything below musk is probably interchangeable. Maybe like a king salmon. Yeah. Because you've not you've knocked off a lot of the the big boys for sure. So you're yeah. getting into some interesting I've, I've stuff. I've always been a big fish guy. So and you're definitely... and you're a you're a rough fish guy too. So you got yeah. some, you got the, a lot of the funky ones off the list as well. So probably musky, king salmon, and then after that, I don't know. I, I've been like on this real. Well, let's talk about saltwater fish, I guess, then. You know, yeah, yeah don't about forget about the salt. Uh, I've been on a big thing on these paddle fish lately. It's like, you know, I str- I, I go back and forth to the snagging thing, but I, th- I feel like I'm getting a little bit behind it because I just want to hold the fish. Yeah. It's like I want to encounter that one. So that one's probably in there. Saltwater-wise, I've caught tarpon. I've never caught a big tarpon. I've, yeah. But I'm, my thing is, and I've mentioned this in other podcasts, I'm I I have these self-imposed like it has to happen this way. Yeah, I yeah, do yeah. not want to go catch a tarpon from Boca Grand Pass. Right. Like, yeah. Drifting crabs. It's just not. I just I I don't want to do that. I want to catch one like land-based or from like a river. I'm really interested in these river tarpon here, way up like in the black water. Mm-hmm. I'm like very interested in that one. And then like some some ones that where maybe I just happen to get lucky with something like a sawfish. That's like a dream on a global scale. That's probably like, even internationally. That's, you know, you can't really target them, but it's like one of those ones I just sort of hope, hope will happen. So I hope that that answers domestically. Internationally, man, that list is long. Number one is Arapaima. That's like the one for me. Everything again, everything below that sort of starts changing out. Um, because I think of things that are like I would really like to catch, and then I think of ones that I know I have I would really like to catch and is realistic. Like I'd really love to do those Goliath tiger fish, but mm-hmm. I just know that the options just are so limited. Um, so I put that one further down just because of that. Second to the a, a lot of it is has to do with what I feel like I could do like on my own like without having to get a guide. So I think a big one would be like a whale's catfish because you can do that in a European country where, you know, you can navigate around without getting lost because of a language barrier. So that'd probably be a second one. And then third, a big one for me lately has been these Nile perch. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm like real into Nile perch. I can't get around on my own doing that, but it's just something about that fish is interesting to me. But again, that I could talk. I could again. We could go off for an hour talking about my dream fish, but uh, and then another one is like a land-based GT. That's like on that everybody's list. I've yeah. been looking, and this is actually I honestly I feel like this may be one that happens in the next like three years. There's some islands, you know, down in the in South Pacific Islands. Yep. That all of your expenses are travel. Just right. getting there. Like, yeah. I, there's one I'm looking at right now that's like a, probably twenty five hundred dollar just travel expenses once you get there though some of these islands are so small like you could realistically i'm all about being grungy and grimy and like me too i cannot i I don't like going out on 
I will not go out on a, a deep sea charter. I will not go out on a charter. No. I won't I won't go out on any charter. I would go out on with a friend who's a charter or something yeah. like that. But I just I can't do it. I also I gotta I can't go to the resort, you know. I gotta go Oh, that's a big one for me too. It's I gotta like, go man. like actually you're I, I just I would rather not go at all because I wanna I go and just be immersed in the culture and just rough it yep. and all that stuff. But at, I think it's it's like you because I do it to a fault and I'll just go somewhere and not get the get the thing done where it's like yeah. I could I could use a little bit of help. My thing um, is um at the risk of sounding like I'm up my own rear end, I feel very confident that if you give me a week anywhere in the world, yeah, like I, I feel like I can catch anything yeah. if I have the time because I know that I can fish the entire time. I could be nasty. Right. Like I can get yeah nasty with the fishing. You know what I mean? Like there's, Me too. there's, these, there's these Pacific islands that l- realistically you could rent a bike as opposed to an automobile and ride yeah. the ride the entire perimeter of the island. There's Airbnbs at this one I'm looking at that are like fifty bucks a night on yeah. the water where it's you wait out. Yeah. It's basically you get there and you're good. You know what I, I mean? I'm convinced. I know one. I'm I've seen videos i've seen photos you can go out at a low tide stand at the edge of a reef where it's just you feel like you're on the edge of the world and and pop yeah. on the edge oh, of these reefs. i know i can do it you've probably seen the cavi fishing stuff oh love that guy similar that type guy. of thing but i've been eyeing this one i'm like mm, man you give me one week out there to fish 12 hours a day just dog it i'll be malnutrition like yeah malnourished yeah. on oh, the man. brink of death I guarantee you, you give me seven days. I feel like I, I only need one. I can be content with yep. dying for one fish. But anyway, um, same here. No, I'm the same fine. way. My, my my girlfriend hates it. Whenever I go on a fishing trip, I come back dehydrated. I got yeah. a headache. My legs are gone. I'm useless for two days. It's like, you yeah. like this? But I love uh, that. The GT thing for me, international, that's definitely um at the top of the list. It's kind of always been like a wells catfish because i just grew up loving catfish and thinking they're yeah. the coolest thing ever so definitely wells gt gt's probably the top and then air pima for that but man just i think as of recently the gt thing has just had so much exposure on youtube with like kv and a lot of these other guys where it's just like undeniable it's like man i'm hitting the gym before i go on that trip you no kidding I mean? i'm 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 making a life transformation for that fish that's a, that's one though too like i feel like i need to go catch some of these big jack creval here first before yeah. i do that one i feel like weird to not but i don't know man it's like I love, it's, it's i love it's, jack creval it's the kind of fish where it's like you can you can realistically do it on your own that are most appealing to me. So it's, uh, I, I put like something like a GT even bu- above like a bluefin tuna because oh, I know I can't sure. I know I can't do it. I know I have to get somebody to take me to the fish. And granted, the Arapaima is the same way, but you're fishing out of a little like rickety boat. Like it's still it's it's still salt of the earth enough for me to where yeah, I feel like yeah. it's like. If you're taking um, a guided a guided trip down the Amazon in a wooden boat yeah. with a ten horse on it, that's roughing it. It's, the same thing with the GT. I would be so into it if there was like a local that would like walk out to this area with me and you know show me the ropes. I would be okay with that. I wouldn't yeah. feel like I was on a four hundred thousand dollar boat and they just put me in front of the fish. Yeah. You know, it's a, that's the thing is like 
I look at some of these ones, even in like Africa, there's some real amazing places out in the middle of nowhere, but the lodges were like you said, it's like there's a white like yep. tablecloth and they're giving yep. you champagne. I'm like, dude, I don't want that. I feel people have been going there too long too, you know, messes they, it up they, for me. Yeah. yeah. And it's like even uh where I'm going in the Amazon is a lodge that has like Wi Fi and I'm like Ugh. I, I send a message to the guy that operates, and I'm like, can I bring my hammock tent? Like, I don't – it's weird to me. Like, I'll probably end up sleeping there, sure, but I'm like, I, yeah. I, need, I need to, like, I want I want a healthy amount of pain and, like, I don't know. Same just, here. So, Same here. It's a weird dynamic, but it – um. Yeah. Hey, man, you you should uh you should you should check out Baja too. That place is that's that's so, been one that's so another one discovered feeling. I mean, talk, it to, really... talk to my brother about that one. It's like you can go there, you can rent those like dune buggies and just go, and just drive the beach looking like presumably you're talking about something like a rooster fish. Yeah, that's sure. that's huge on my list too. And I don't know if that's if that's I guess that that is international, although you could drive to it. But um, getting yeah, those ones of. from the beach is wow. There's another one is like, uh, oh, man, here we go. You're going to get me going. Um, a big one for me. This is kind of, I guess, an example of like an obscure one is in South Africa. The like KZN, like KwaZulu-Natal. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Coastline. Uh-huh. It's like South Africa. They do this like the land-based surf casting is like a big culture down there. But they have these giant like guitar fish. It's like okay. uh, they call it they call them sandies, like sand sharks. It's like a mix between a you probably know what it is. It looks like a mix between a ray and a shark. It's got the f- triangular like face of a stingray, but the back end of a shark, and they get massive. Gotcha, kind of like, like a, oh. a shovel nose or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like a giant one of those. It's exactly what it is, and uh, huge ones. And I'm like, man, I could, I could do that. Like South Africa, they sound like Australians. It's a, it's, it's an English speaking yeah. area. Well, that, hey, that there's a big one. Any of those you can do, you know, go for yeah. it because it's going to be so much, so much easier on you. But um, I don't know. I like to feel like I, I did the research. I put in the work, and I did it with that with minimal assistance. But anyway, my Vimeo will stop recording after <laughs> I've been on it for two hours. So I got to. No, make no, sure we're good. Ready. We're good, man. I got I'm, seven uh... minutes. So we'll, I'm ready. We'll, I'm ready to pee uh, whenever yeah. we wrap this up. So, yeah. So we'll wrap it up. I, I want to just, you know, kind of get, I guess, your quick, your your quick idea on like where you kind of see this whole thing going, where you see your channel going. I would say, um, are you just sort of riding the tide, or have you got objectives? Where you kind of see this YouTube thing going? I'd say for you, and then, um, yeah, just like where where you kind of think things are moving towards. So I, I kind of I think I touched on this earlier a little bit, but um, you know I'm definitely getting to the point where I've experienced some burnout, and I kind of got to the point where like you know I don't know if I want to just keep making videos of a guy catching fish because there's a million other guys doing that, and it's not just I don't want to do it because other people do it, but I don't want to do it because. You know, I don't know. I basically rather catch the fish without the camera and have a better uh, time. But what I've really realized that I'm passionate about through just this whole YouTube journey is like kind of telling a story. So that's where and I I don't know when this is going to come out. I know this is probably going to come out months from now. So hopefully my first kind of 
video in this new direction is already going to be out. I'm going to film it this coming weekend in Wisconsin with this guy, Ed, Ed, the diver. Um, but I'm, 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 I'm going to transition towards, I don't want to say like more documentary style, but maybe that's, maybe that's a good way to put it, but just kind of like telling stories. So, um, to be specific and not take up too much more time, but when I do, this is what I'm doing this weekend. When I do collaborations with other YouTubers, instead of the, the classic traditional fishing YouTuber collab, where it's just two guys fishing together and they hope they draw the, you know, um, viewers from each other's channels and it's mutually beneficial. I want to basically do a story on the creator. So yeah. this weekend I'm going to do this video with this guy Ed the diver. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He's super fascinating. He's a scuba diver in Wisconsin and oh, his, cool. his full-time job is he dives down to the bottom of lakes and rivers and he pulls up all these lures on snags. You'll find a, a log and there'll be 300 lures snag and he pulls them all up. He cleans them up. He puts new hooks on them. He paints them sometimes and he resells them. <laughs> and that's his whole thing. It's a, it's so cool. It's a job. This guy invented himself and it's literally like full-time uh, paying the bills for him. And, and then it's, there's also like a cool, like environmental aspect of it because he yeah. picks up all the trash when he's down there. And um, so I, it's going to be like, kind of like a story on him. Um, and I'm hoping it can be, just more fast paced and more engaging for the viewers. But also my hopes is like, what, what a, what's a better way to get another creator's uh, audience to join your kind of um, your whole deal than to do a, you know, short documentary on the guy they're already a fan of. Yeah, so yeah. Um, that's one type, that's one example. And, um, there'll, there'll be some more, I want to do some more stuff that's maybe, you know, explores species and is a little more educational and I got some other ideas in the works. So yeah. hopefully uh, you can just see them coming up in the future. And no, that, that sounds awesome. I, that's actually got a lot of my interest. I'm that's a little more geared that way. I, I don't mind being entertained. I like being entertained, but it's like, I need a story. And I think a yeah. lot of that, like I like alluded to, I, for my own personal fishing trips, I need difficulty yeah. and I want to watch somebody else go through some crap. Yeah. And I, I need, as a creator, I need that to, yeah, I need to, to do that, to feel, you know, feel fresh and feel like I have something I want to yeah. put out and be proud of and everything. So, Hey, come November, December, I'll do one on you, man. Let's oh, do dude, it. I'd be, I'd be all down for it. I don't know. I, I, People would be surprised some of the crap that I've done and come through. <laughs> I just keep it all to myself too much, maybe. But um, for sure, keep me in touch when you come down. We'll definitely get out there and try to get a Goliath. It's not rocket science. I mean, if you get the bait in front of them, you're pretty much golden. Yeah, but, uh, and like I said, I'm I'm a huge fan of the podcast, so I'd, I'd love to shed some light on that in, in any way I can. So I appreciate that. It's been a fun process. I'm just enjoying getting to meet people. I'm not, again, getting too wrapped up in what's going to do for me i don't care if it does anything if the, the best thing is the invites that i'm getting from these people like hey as soon as i stop recording hey you gotta come out i'm like hell yeah this is how i'm gonna like be able to like secure some free fishing trips like yeah well but hey anyway. you're you're getting me through some uh some brutal uh work days yeah. out in this last uh heat wave we had so if anything you can uh 
you can have that to to be happy about. Oh, for sure. Well, any little bit that I can help because I know how that goes. But but anyway, man, so just, uh, you know, I always end it sort of the same way. Just sort of remind people where they can find your YouTube channel, Instagram, whatever, how how they can find you. Yeah. So the YouTube channel is just dead crab, all caps. The best way to find it is just type www.youtube slash at dead crab. And that'll take you right there. Or you can, uh, you know, search for it or whatever. Um, and hopefully you can link it in, uh, in here as well. And then my Instagram, which is a lot newer than the YouTube channel, which is still pretty new as well is uh, dead crab underscore fishing. So that's the Instagram. And, um, I'm trying to do not put the same thing on my Instagram as I am on my YouTube. So you won't see the same shorts at first. I did a few, but you won't, you'll see completely different content on my Instagram, um, than you will on my YouTube channel. So hopefully there's, there's something there that people can, can get into. Well, that's awesome. Well, definitely. I encourage anybody listening to check it out. There's, there's some very entertaining stuff on there. I like, I like some of the short videos and I like some of the longer stuff. And I really look forward to seeing how the channel is evolving. I mean, you know, you've kind of hinted at some ideas, not letting the cat out of the bag too much, but I look forward to seeing, uh, the growth of the channel, the growth of, I don't know, maybe it evolves into a brand if you want to call it that, but, uh, absolutely. Carl, I appreciate your time. I know I, feel like I learned a lot and and when I begin doing my YouTube videos and probably I want to say in next years when I'm going to start diving into that I'll be picking your brain a lot I need guidance I need tips I need oh I'm I'm, I'm your guy for ideas, that anytime so. man anytime and thank you so much for your time yeah dude all right man we'll we'll be in touch and I appreciate your time have a good one yeah same to you man all right. be good see ya thank you for listening to boundless pursuit Tune in each week as we bring stories and insight from uniquely talented anglers and outdoorsmen. And if you enjoyed this show, I want to hear from you. Be sure to leave a five-star review as this is going to drive the growth and exposure of this show. And if you have feedback or guest suggestions, I would love to hear from you. And you can reach me at boundlesspursuitfishing at gmail.com. For all other collections of media and contact information, please visit www.boundless-pursuit.com.